This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends and my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, it has been a while since we've uh, gotten together to chop it up about sports. And I got to share a little uh, thing that happened, um, a little question I got from a student. And you've, you've met this student. Um, you've met him maybe in person, but definitely via Skype. This is the, the guy with the astonishingly deep voice. Remember this kid? I do remember this kid. Yeah, he's kind of, a, kind of an instigator. So uh, I just took my, my journalism staff on a conference, a weekend conference. So I got to pretend that I was Ron Martin and, uh, and travel and get lanyards and be important and feel good about myself for traveling. But uh, it's a little different when you're traveling with a dozen students, I'm guessing. And uh, so I was in a car for roughly six and a half hours with four, four boys for journalism dudes. And I don't know if you've done much traveling with like college boys of this era. Have you, have you had that opportunity? Probably not. I'm guessing. I haven't. Yeah. There was a period of time where I was much more involved in like high school ministry and college ministry and did more of that kind of thing, but it's been several years. So I'm, I'm guessing things may have shifted somewhat in terms of how those interactions go. Yeah. It's interesting pipe in the, of the six hours, Probably four and a half hours of that was me like counseling these guys or doing psychoanalysis on these guys at their behest. Um, they're a really tender bunch, man. And uh, I, I think I think in general, the girls in my staff are made of much stronger stuff these days. So uh, in fact, on the way home, I made a trade. So I did like a trade deadline move and I shipped off these four guys in uh, in exchange for like two quiet girls and one super quiet dude. And I had the most relaxing four hours of the trip at that point. But, uh, but yeah, so did you tell him it was for team chemistry reasons or something? Be like, I'm sorry, this just, this isn't working. Absolutely. Not a good, this is not a good locker room. Yeah. It's not a good clubhouse at this point. We need to, we need to break up the clubhouse and see if we can, we can change up the chemistry, but no, man, these guys are, uh, yeah, in general. Well, I had, I had the following dynamic and this will get us into our first topic. So, the astonishingly deep voiced guy is like, you know, he's he's an eight on the enneagram, but no offense, you know, I th- I think you're a more mature eight, and uh, I mean, I would hope so. I'm like twice his age, so yeah, just an incredible amount of bravado on this guy, and like everything he says comes out of his mouth with like maximum bravado. You know what I mean? And then to counterbalance that, we had a guy who, like, is kind of more wildly insecure on the spectrum and full of self-doubt and (laughs) (laughs) it's a wonderful combination the combination of those two guys in one backseat of my car made for like a lot of a lot of amateur psychology by me for six hours so uh it was a lot but this guy I i was wearing my mariners ball cap and um deep voice guy was like uh let me see if i can do his voice he was like do you think the mariners are the most nondescript franchise and boring franchise in all of professional sports. And it really, it made me think he might, he might be right. He might be onto something. Um, but it also reminded me that they're the best franchise for me as an Enneagram four, because almost nobody else has them. So, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on that pipe? 
Mariners as the most nondescript and boring franchise in all of pro sports. Oh man, it's that's it. I have to kind of try to place myself in this this moment in history yeah. because in my mind the Mariners are Ken Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson totally. and you know some uh, awesome Edgar guys Martinez yeah, yeah. and and so Future yeah just some up, you know yes oh for sure just some serious star power so like they've always been sort of. Uh, They've always been disappointing because they have stars but never get over the hump. Yeah. But some really, really good teams. Yeah, King Felix, et cetera. But none of that has been relevant for like eight years. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe more like five or six with Ichiro and King Felix. But, I mean, those guys at the end of their careers uh, with the Mariners weren't that great. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely in the conversation for most nondescript now. But I think – I think they've been exciting in recent enough history that that just can't be true. Yeah. Who? So who, let's who let's it, step. Yeah. Who would it be more true of? Um, uh, and and yeah, I ask think, your question. You you had a, a good thing. I was gonna say. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you take a step back and look at all of sports, I mean, think of the teams that you you have never been like. like there are teams you will you will watch. Yeah. Because of a player on the team, even when they're bad. Yeah. The Mariners have long been one of those teams, sure, sure. with the exception of the last couple of years. Yeah. You know who hasn't been? Who? Like the Washington Redskins. Yeah. They haven't had a great player since Sean Taylor died. Yeah. I mean, the 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 RG3 year being the notable exception. Yes. Like that was yes. their one little flicker of relevance since and, like the Joe Gibbs era. But they were like so intent on being irrelevant mm-hmm. that they couldn't even make that work. Yeah, you know, they're they like, we don't really up. know what to do with this guy. And then he blew out his knee. And, and then we're going to play him like, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're just, yeah, we're not going to help him recover or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think there's got to be a couple NBA teams that are on this scale. Although the NBA has gotten more interesting because of player movement. Yep. But like the Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. What are they? Oh, no, no, they're the Hornets. They're the Hornets. I can't now. even remember their name. That's how nondescript they yeah, are. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I I struggle to remember that they even have a franchise there. Um, right. I mean, the fa- the fact that I just called them a name that they changed whatever four three years ago yeah. tells you everything you need to know about how nondescript they dude, are. Dude, when they were the Bobcats, though, they were even less descript. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who did they have when they were the Bobcats? Like Emeka Okafor. Um, yeah, like Michael Kidd Gilchrist was right. their, their highest pick who just got bought out and signed at like a veteran minimum by the Mavericks or something. Dude, not to cast aspersions on Charlotte as a city, but like, I don't know. I feel like the even with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton, the Panthers have been a really boring franchise. Whenever it's the Panthers on like, you know, the, the, the Fox game in the afternoon, I'm mm-hmm. always like, eh, you know. Um, and I don't know what that's a function and, of. Is it the uniform? And that doesn't it, make any like, sense because because they've had some great exciting. Oh, absolutely, players. Julius have. Peppers, I mean, Cam Newton. Yes. Um, even going back to like the Kevin Green oh, days yeah. when Jake Delhomme led them to the Super Bowl, dude. And those teams I, were more like the Kevin Green, Jake Delhomme Panther teams, Deshaun Foster. Uh, yeah. th- those teams were more likable and interesting than this team. Why is that? I don't know because I think it's because Cam Newton is dominant but not exciting. He's mm-hmm. he's a little bit like like watching the he's like the Carl Malone of the NFL. Oh, interesting. That's a good comp actually. That's a really you know, really because good comp. he he puts up huge numbers. He's dominant. He does things that other people can't do. He's a physical specimen, and you're never like, ooh, I I can't wait to watch Cam Newton play. You know, Cam and Newton would where he would hate you for saying that though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I feel like Cam Newton's whole thing is, I'm interesting, I'm exciting, everybody look at me. And But it's more about like, I don't know, I rode a tricycle to the stadium in a yeah. three-piece suit kind of thing. Right, I mean, c- congratulations to him on his lavender paisley suit, and he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, he can go hide behind a floral hat. Right, right. Um, I just, I think, I think he's the Carl Malone. Steve Smith was probably the most exciting player they've ever had, just in terms of yeah. dominance. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to watch an NFL team for one player. Yeah, it's true. Because there's, you know, there's 22 guys on the field at any time. Yeah. Unless it's a, unless it's a running back or a quarterback, because they have a much greater likelihood of getting the ball. Yeah. Um, let's see more nondescript teams. I mean, the entire NHL is nondescript to me, but that, that has more to do with my fandom. Yeah. Um, let's go football, basketball, baseball for the, for the purposes of this. I think, let's see other baseball teams that would be in the nondescript category. Yeah. Mm. Dude, not the Brewers because they've had they've had really good players they, lately. They were the Brewers were the Brewers were in discussions for this, yeah. But then the Christian Yelich years have kind of well. They made the CC Sabathia trade a few years ago, yeah. And the Christian Yelich, like they've 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 been more than a blip on the radar, and then sure. they've been really competitive the last couple of years too. Dude, not- the Texas Rangers have slipped into this. Like, yeah. they're kind of on the same path as the Mariners, where they had star players, yeah, a great run of success. And I, you know, could you name three players on that team right now? No, I don't think I could. I uh, think I could. I could name in season, three. but like yes. right now, without using my computer off the top of my head, I don't think I could. Um, I, I, w- I was going to say like the Marlins, but they've, I mean, they've, they've one in recent years well the marlins remain relevant by being stupid yeah you know where they like they win and then sell off everybody because because jeffrey loria who i i don't think he's the owner anymore Mm -hmm. uh was just he was just a he was a weird money grubbing guy who wanted to increase profit margins not competitiveness so they they've somehow and then they had the ugliest stadium in baseball for a while too with that that uh big sculpture thing out Mm -hmm. uh in center field um yeah, I, I feel like I th- part of being nondescript is just sort of grinding mediocrity where no one's noticing yeah. you in either direction. Um, I, yeah, exactly. And like, th- so they've been – so like the Cincinnati Bengals yeah. are not boring because they, they were competitive and then they're terrible. And same with the Browns. Like the Browns are not the most nondescript right. because they're so bad. They're Well, and they're in the news all the time. They've got Baker. Yeah. They've got OBJ. And the Bengals – the Bengals have been in Super Bowls. You know, they've been they've been yeah. twice. And granted it was a long time ago, but they they do have awesomeness in their past. So I the the Jets were in this for me. Like if you take away the Joe Namath era from the Jets, like what do you really have? You had a couple of interesting years under Rex Ryan, but by and large it's been it's been beige, you know. Um what do you think about that one? I think that one's a good one. I think the Jets by virtue of being in New York, yeah, they they climb above the Mendoza line of boring because because they just get just mentioned the amount a lot. of coverage makes yeah. them not boring. If yeah. if they were the New Jersey Jets, yeah, which they actually are, mm-hmm. but we will call them the New York Jets. Um, if they were the yeah the 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 Garden State Jets, yeah, they would be they would be in significant competition for this title. Yeah. I think the Orlando Magic are are probably See, that was going to be my NBA one. And I and I think you're right because that's a market that like 
nobody's ever going to want to go to. They're never going to get premium free agents. Um, they're always going to be kind of mired in mediocrity, I think. So that that's a really good one. Boring city, boring uniform, kind of boring everything there with um, with the magic. Um, I was going to say the Grizzlies, but they're really fun this year. Um, when then, and when they were the grit and grind Grizzlies, yeah. like there, there's a certain amount of fun. Like when when Zach Randolph, yeah, is on your team, absolutely. And they always had either, interesting just, guys. Yeah. You know, they would get a little bit out of like late career Vince Carter and they had interesting guys and they were doing interesting things, even if they weren't a good team or a terrible team. Um, well, the other thing was they, they were sort of predecessors. So in, in this era of, of three point shooting and layups, mm-hmm. you know, and just sort of the NBA becoming sort of homogenous in its style. Mm-hmm. They just didn't care. They're like, no, we're going to shoot eight three-pointers a game, and we're going to throw way more elbows yeah. than we do shoot three-pointers. We're going to play like it's the and, 90s. And so that they, like, they became interesting because when you watched them, you're like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And and they did have good players. Mm-hmm. Now, they had sort of nondescript good players, Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, et cetera. Yeah. But interesting good players. Totally. Totally. And they were always likable, right? When a Grizzlies yeah. game came on, you weren't like, eh, this is boring. Um, I think the I think the Padres are in the discussion for baseball. Totally, dude. Yeah, nobody thinks about the Padres. Um, I feel bad for the city of San Diego. I mean, it's such a good I, city. Have you been? Have you? I was gonna say, have you been to San Diego? It's real hard to feel bad for them when you're like, oh, if everything goes wrong in sports, you still live in San Diego. Well, dude, right? That's that's the thing. I guess I feel bad for them in a sports context, in that they lost the Chargers to a disaster, right? Um, that yeah, that really was bad. And in terms of their true Charger fans, that y'all got hosed. Dude, I feel really that bad. was a good thing. Losing phase. a team for yeah, losing a team for an owner's greed totally sucks. Totally, it's so bad. It is so bad, and it and it happened to a good fan base. Um, yeah, the 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 whole Jack Murphy Stadium Chargers Junior Seau, like that was a non boring franchise, even though they didn't yeah. win a Super Bowl, like. They were really interesting, and they had fun players. They had Nature on Means, Junior Seau, um, you know, Philip Rivers for a, a real long time. They were they were a really fun franchise. Le, yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson. Tomlinson yeah, the big one. Pro- probably the most underrated running back in NFL history. Yeah, totally, I would think. Yeah, just incredible production, very consistent, all phases. You know, running, blocking, catching. Uh, great, great player. Um, yeah. The Padres, though, I think you're onto something there. Like, if you're a Padres fan, it's because you live in San Diego, um, not because they're necessarily even making moves that are interesting. Yeah, since since Tony Gwynn retired, I mean they've they've just they've been nothing. Yeah, and and the the thing about them that's interesting is that. They have been nothing despite trying really hard to be good. Yeah. Whereas some of these other teams have just like like the Mariners and whoever else have just sort of like their stars have just sort of faded away. Yeah. And they've gone into rebuild mode. The Padres have thrown a ton of money at star players. You know, they traded for Craig, Kim- Craig Kimbrell, uh-huh. Matt Kemp, and which I think both of the Uptons at one point, maybe just <laughs> maybe just BJ slash Melvin. Yeah. Uh, so many guys that they've thrown money at yep. and they've still just never been good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's been a it, it's been a pretty big failure there in San Diego. Pipe, anybody we're leaving out on this nondescript franchise list, and then I want to ask you a follow up question. 
Well, being that they're nondescript, the answer is probably yes. Yeah. We're probably forgetting somebody who's very forgettable. Dude, see, I feel like uh-huh. the Marvin Lewis Bengals were sort of the archetype of this for pro football. Like, they were always 7-9. and nine. They were never really doing anything interesting. They didn't have anybody you wanted to watch, really. Well, let me let me give a counterpoint yeah. to that, which is I think you're right in a football sense, but you are also a connoisseur of of sports fashion. Yeah. And nobody has a more interesting uniform in the NFL. That is true. Than the Bengals. They're current. I don't mean it's the best bad, uniform, but but it yeah. is interesting. You're right. It's when when you turn on the TV and there are tiger stripes running around on the field, it, there's an element of it being captivating. Yeah. You know, whereas when you turn it on and it's the Panthers silver and blue or whatever, you're just kind of like, I don't care. Yeah. I think it's just whatever. Well, and the, thing about, whatever. the thing about the Bengals uniform, depending on who they play, it's either a great uniform game or a terrible uniform game. Like current Bengals versus current Atlanta Falcons is just patently unwatchable. Like you have to change the channel just because it's hard to look at. It's literally um difficult to look at but um but yeah you're right it is it does elicit a reaction and um sometimes the reaction isn't good but but you're right i think for nondescriptness you know we're looking at we're looking at carolina um and i think they i think they take the title nfl wise i I was gonna put like pre deshaun watson houston into that yeah um they were i was considering them but yeah between between watson and JJ Watt, yeah. they have they have maintained a level of interestingness. Yeah, for sure. They've Th- there are like then there's teams like the Raiders. The Raiders are kind of like the Bengals in that there's nothing interesting about the football team. Well, until John Gruden went and became a bad coach again. Um but but the aura of the Raiders, the aesthetic of the Raiders makes them it, it it bumps them up and totally. over over like the Jets. Yeah, totally. But you're right though. I mean, you take away the aura and the aesthetic of the Raiders, and yeah, you're looking at a whole lot of nondescriptness there. Um, yeah, when Derek Carr is your quarterback, um, that's the that's kind of the definition of nondescript. Um, and I think they're they're inching toward interesting. Like they're getting interesting. Um, I watched them this year because of Richie Incognito. Like. He's just a guard that I like to watch play. Um, and, you know, their run game got interesting this year. They had Max Crosby. He was a rookie defensive end out of Eastern Michigan. Got a whole bunch of sacks. So I think the Raiders are going to be interesting. But I do think you listed a whole bunch of things that most people would go, huh? Yeah. At. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. You, they they speak they speak Ted's football love language. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Not most people. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I feel like. There was another team that was just sort of pinging around in my mind, and now they've... Dude, let me let me lay one on you. Down. All right. And this one hurts, because I, I grew up kind of in this media market. What about the Indiana Pacers? Talking post-Reggie Miller, post-Rick Smith, Detlef Schrempf. Once, yeah. like, that whole era kind of ran the Rifleman Chuck person, once all those guys kind of filtered out, what if the, what if the Pacers really brought to the table in terms of interest? Well, see, the Pacers have been their own worst enemy when it comes to being interesting uh, for the last few years because they, their owner has always said he he does not want to rebuild. So at no point have they just stripped the thing down to the studs, right? Tanked to try to get a top, you know, five pick or whatever. Yeah, and and so they've always been like that thirty-five to forty-three win team. Yep, 
almost without fail, yeah. which means you never get good draft picks, but no free agent is going to sign in Indiana. As a yeah. Minnesota fan, I, you know, I understand Middle America does not draw superstars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chicago doesn't even draw superstars yeah. for NBA teams anymore. Yep. Um and so the, but the last couple of years, I think they've bumped themselves up because they've they've actually gotten good. Once they once they made the Paul George for Victor Oladipo trade, yeah. First of all, they blipped on the radar because they traded away a star player, but then they got a guy who came out of nowhere yep. to be a you know top ten fifteen guard in the NBA. Yeah, and then they got Arvidas Sabonis's kid yeah. in the draft. I think as part of actually no they got him as part of that trade. I'm sorry. He was he was on uh, Oklahoma City as well. Yeah. He's turned into a monster. Yep. And so all of a sudden they're interesting. Yeah. They have two guys who are kind of under the radar, but like if you're an NBA fan who's looking for the who's sort of that under the radar fun team. Yeah, yeah. The the Oladipo Sabonis team is really fun. And then they go out and and sign um I'm blanking on his name. He was on the Bucks last year. Who's their point guard? Um yeah, I don't know. Crap. This is this is shooting my point in the foot because I can't remember names. It's going to come to me in fifteen minutes. But he was the point guard for the Bucks last year. He's gone to their team. He's now he's now a legitimate All Star candidate player. And so they they're a talented, good team who's probably going to be a top four or five seed in the East, and could give could give any of those top seeds in the East a real series. Also, I take all that back because I forgot about. The fact that Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal and the whole Malice in the Palace, Al Harrington, like that yes. was a thing that happened. And what's more, that was a thing that happened like back when I was writing about the NBA. So I should have remembered that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. They, I totally they forgot were about on, that era. I mean, Malice at the Palace, like they were, they were on the, I think they were a top two team in the they East. Were. That's part of the yeah. reason it was so tense because they, they and the Pistons were really good. Mm. Yeah. It was Ron Artest. It was Jermaine O'Neal. Um, there was there was some really good players on that team, and just a rugged team yeah. too. Yeah, very physical team, interesting personalities. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, that's the guy. Oh yeah, 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 dude, they got a rookie of the year. They got to go back to the Reggie era uniform, though. I think that's a move yes. that needs to happen asap for the Pacers. Like that gave them some some identity, some gravitas. Um, it's been too yellow heavy for the last like fifteen years. Too much yellow, too many pinstripes. Nobody's buying that. Um, we got to go back to 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 the Reggie era, yeah, for sure. So when you're when you're cheering for one of these nondescript teams, as I am with the Mariners, like how do you how do you do that well? Like how do you make yourself happy? What's the what's the like the 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 traction there? We it really depends on the sport. Baseball is different than the other sports because everything in baseball is slow. Mm-hmm. So the pace of like if you're a football fan transitioning to rooting f- to for baseball is very very different. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz you start out of the gates on April 1st and every game feels like it matters and then you're like wait, there's 159 more of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. And and so y- you you kind of figure out is this team good or not. Right. And then you just start rooting for the future and you start looking for like week to week. How are the young guys doing? Who's developing? Who was terrible in April that's doing well in July? And there's a there's a true sort of development arc to it. So when you're rooting for nondescript teams, you're basically rooting for the next star. Who is the next star for this team? Um, In football, I think you're just hopeless. Yeah. You just hope that the next offseason, a major splash happens. We get a top three pick and it turns into 
Joe Burrow. Right. Uh, we get, you know, we fire our coach and bring in John Gruden. Like the Raiders would be nothing if they hadn't brought in John Gruden. Like, yeah. in, in terms of nondescript, yeah. they would be a, a nothing team going to Las Vegas. Yeah. And that, yeah, the end. I can't even remember their quarterback's name because I can never remember if it's Derek or David Carr. <laughs> it's, it's one of the Carr it's brothers. It's Derek Carr, but yeah, I, I yeah, feel your you pain on that one. Yeah, for sure. And and so I think in football, yeah, you're just like, well, this season sucks. Looks like we're waiting to see if there's a big splash next year. Yeah, dude. Well, let's and in, let's basketball is a tricky one though because you just if you're if you're a nondescript team, it's usually because you have a terrible GM and a dumb owner. Yeah, and when that's the case, you're just like, well. I, I guess we're hopeless until they sell the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about football. And I, th- I think the Raiders are interesting in that, you know, they're moving to Vegas. They got this huge stadium to fill. They've got all these, like, seat licenses and luxury boxes to sell. Um, are they going to be in the Tom Brady sweepstakes just because of that? Like, it seems like more and more, like, marketing is a bigger consideration in free agency kind of the free agency era than uh than is even the football side um i i don't think i don't think john john gruden loves Derek carr but i also don't think tom brady is necessarily the guy um for an oakland context so where, where do we hope tom brady lands do you have any feelings about this i mean if tom brady goes anywhere besides the patriots he is patrick ewing in a sonics uniform <laughs> yes He's my, you know, he's probably more like Michael Jordan in a Wizards uniform, yeah. or I guess they might have been the Bullets at that point. They were the Wizards, but they totally okay. were. Yeah, and you know, so he like because he is he is the or one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. he still has enough left in the tank to show sometimes. Yep. but you're like, this is not this is not Michael Jordan. Yeah, this is not if if Tom Brady goes anywhere besides the Patriots, he stops being Tom Brady, and he's just. Everybody will look at him statistically instead of um, in terms of in terms of sort of aura and and legacy. Yeah, for sure. Which would be a real bummer because he deserves to be remembered as as the greatest yeah. or one of the greatest, certainly the greatest of this era. Uh, so no, I hope he doesn't go to Oakland. I think they should try to get him because from a marketing standpoint, well, first of all, he's. He's about he's probably about as good as Derek Carr at this point yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's he's savvier certainly. Yeah. But in terms of the physical ability, they're kind of the same. Um and he would be way more interesting and I don't think they would be any better with him at quarterback. Yeah. And I think he would he would probably want to choke. The he and John Gruden will either be like best friends or one of them will kill the other. Yeah, I can, I'm not sure which way that's going to go. I kind of can't imagine that working. Dude, that, that that begs an interesting question. And this came up in one of my classes yesterday. Yesterday may may not have been a great teaching day for me. I'm just going to admit it. But uh, I was talking with some guys and we were talking about like the alpha dynamic in friend groups, how there's always an alpha. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really subtle, but there's always a guy in the group that everybody else is trying to impress. Um, I have two questions. A, do you believe this? Do you believe in this this theory that there's always an alpha in a friend group? And B, who would the alpha be between Tom Brady and uh, and John Gruden? I feel like that wouldn't work out because of this theory. Well, Tom Brady's the alpha. Yeah. Because, like, Gruden, Gruden has the alpha uh, volume. Yeah. He's just loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And he is in charge. But also, when Brady walks into the locker room, if, if, if you're a third-year player or a fourth-year player on the Raiders – yeah. 
and Tom Brady and John Gruden walk in at the same time and you look back and forth, you know who you're going to follow. Oh, man. And it's not John Gruden. Yeah, absolutely. So he's Brady is the alpha. Yeah. That there's that I don't know that there's a question there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think uh, Gruden is not aware of this. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that would cause some problems. The friend group thing is interesting, though, because my initial reaction was like, really? I don't think so, which just makes me wonder uh-huh. if um, if I'm the alpha. Ooh, interesting. You know, it's the, like if you don't – if if you don't know that you're it, you might be it kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're not aware? That's probably you then. Yeah. Which makes me – that doesn't give me a sense of pride as much as it does like, ooh, gross. I don't want to be the alpha. Like I just want to be one of yeah, yeah, yeah. friends. I don't want the pressure um, of having to be the alpha. But yeah – I think that's more true in new groups of friends than long-standing groups of friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, like in You know what I mean? I think in college settings it's really true because these are people that by and large you've just met. You know, yeah. uh you've just met them, you've got 4 years together. Um and yeah, usually in like year 1 the the whole like alpha dynamic thing, you know, rises to the surface. Like for example, I don't think we have an alpha dynamic on the happy rent. Or at least I don't no. feel one. You know, um, and yeah, maybe my lack of feeling one means that I don't know. I don't know what it means, but uh, I, I, well, no, and, and I think I think that's also the difference. I think it's it's a little bit like so bringing it back into this the sports arena. There are there are teams that have won titles with great chemistry, yeah, and there are teams that have won titles with great alphas, yeah, that's right. Um, so you think like the Michael Jordan Bulls are the quintessential alpha, alpha team. team, yeah, yeah, like, for sure. That was Michael Jordan, and everybody bent to his will, yeah. And then like the other end of the spectrum is going to be the Pistons, yeah, no alphas, yep. but great chemistry, yeah, and and pro- and so I think I. I don't think a friend group needs an alpha. I think if there's an alpha, that changes the shape of things. And it might actually diminish the quality of the friendships because that it 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 diminishes kind of the uh the genuineness of who everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree. And um, you know, I think I think this is why Brady needs to stay with the Pats. Um because in and granted, we don't have you know, we, we're not privy to like all the ins and outs of what's happening on a day to day basis. I think Brady should retire personally, but yeah, yeah. Unless the Pats can really like somehow gun up and give him weapons for one more run, he should definitely retire. Um, but I don't want to see him with another franchise either, because I, I and this pivots us into another topic. I like one franchise guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I was a player, I would really want to be a one franchise guy. Um, like, look at the whole Eli Manning thing, right? Like, nobody's arguing that Eli Manning was this great player or this NFL legend or whatever. But I think the the fact of him doing the whole thing in New York, winning a couple of Super Bowls, Eli Manning is going to be, especially with the with the cushion of like five. It won't even take five years, three years between now and like. You know, when he comes back and starts making appearances in MetLife Stadium in a few years, like, dude, he's going to be worshipped. And there's not going to be any ambiguity. There's not going to be any, like, well, it got weird because we were playing against him for the last two years. Um, that guy's just going to be a legend. And this is a yeah. kind of largely mediocre guy statistically. But um, I, I guess I just want the symmetry and the satisfaction of 
like Brady doing the whole thing with the Pats and having this like freakishly long successful career with one franchise, there will be nothing else like it in the history of anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I completely agree in Brady's case. Yeah. It, with end of career guys. Yeah. So if you have had a successful run with a team, it's I wanna see the symmetry of of just landing the career with that team. I don't I didn't like Eli Manning. I hate the Giants. Yeah. I but there is something about man, it's cool that he that he played whatever it was, sixteen years yeah. with that team, won his two Super Bowls, and so right now people remember end of career Eli who was really bad. Yeah. But give it a few years and people will look back and go, he had a good career. Yeah. He's probably the best quarterback in Giants history. Yeah. Um and and that's great. So if a guy leaves mid-career mm-hmm. or still has four or five good years left, that's a little different thing because then you're like, yeah, you, you need to do what's best for your situation. Right. So if like if if Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers had left their respective teams yeah. five years ago, yeah, yeah. it would have been kind of a bummer, but like, okay, now they're gonna go have a run somewhere else. Totally. Um but but yeah, not at this point where you're like, I don't even know if they can still play, and then they're gonna go be what we're gonna remember is them being washed up for a franchise that their uniform looks wrong on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would hate that for Brady. I, I really don't want it. And um, as a Pats fan, like I just want him to finish there. If not, keep playing. Then, then just retire. Um, yeah, it's an interesting moment for the Pats. I mean, they're really looking at for really the first time in the last twenty years a pretty comprehensive kind of revamp offensively. But um, but yeah, it all kind of hinges on how the Brady domino falls and and what that looks like. Um, yeah, it. As you were talking, I thought of an interesting thing. Like, what would it be like if one of us went to another podcast? Would that be like late career Jordan going to the Wizards? I mean, we've we've put in what almost six years, six seven years with this podcast. Like, wh- how many good years do we? How have many left, good years do we have left? Question. And also, would it? Yeah, like, what would it be like to see uh, to see to see me on like Doc and Devo? How would that go? Who would fit best on Doc and Devo? Let's start there, Ronnie. Yeah, how come? Well, I think I probably would personality wise. Yeah, I think Ronnie would content wise. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ronnie would want it because, the most. Ronnie would see the most well, opportunity in it. And exactly, yeah. that's why it's not because Ronnie would would thrive in that environment and go, man, this is my favorite thing. I can't wait to talk about this Baptist sixteen eighty nine whatever. Right, right. But, he would see the most upside, and he would really lean into it and do his homework. And and, be, and and because Ronnie's the one of the three of us that if you put him in a situation that he's not excited to be in, he will still give it what he's got. Yeah, totally. Because you would tap out completely and be like, I don't care. I could not care less about any of this. Exactly. And I would probably just make fun of Yeah, I just wouldn't say anything for like 35 minutes. And But no, Ron Ron would... And this is what makes Ron great. Like, he would do the mental calculus and go, I bet I could get three more speaking gigs a year if I signed with Doc and Devo. So I'm doing it. They already have a conference. Exactly. He'd be a, he'd be a main stage guy. He'd be a main stage guy. That already exists. Yeah, at an event that exists. He would do it. He would do it 100%. If they dangled... What would they have to dangle in front of Ron to get him to leave our podcast for theirs? And then I want to say another Ron thing. I think if they if they were like, hey, can you do a like if they did a a temporary thing, so six month co host yeah. or or whatever, leading up to the conference, and then you get to be a main stage guy, he'd do it. I you know, yeah. 
He'd do it. I think he would consider it. Ron would be the I think he would be the most likely host of the three of us to leave in free agency. <laughs> he would be the LeBron of our podcast. In the yeah, if, like he he wouldn't want to win with Cleveland. He would he would want to go chase the title in Miami or somewhere else. If he came to us next week and was like, "Hey, Gospel Coalition is starting this new sort of like church in hard places, small city church planting kind of thing." Yeah. There's going to be a podcast with it. They really, you know, they've asked me to come on as a co-host. I think I really need to do that, guys. Yeah. And here's what he would not do. Yeah. He would not tap out on the happy rant. He would just slowly begin to be like, hey, y'all take this one without yeah, me. Yeah, he would do it. He would end up doing it like once every two months. But he wouldn't and, actually And quit. then, yeah. <laughs> th- well, and then he would. He would eventually be like, guys, I think I, yeah. I, I think I should probably just, I should probably just unplug. Dude, I'm putting a, I'm putting a prediction on this. Cosper and Ron, new podcast for CT. Like, I, I would be shocked if they weren't already discussing that. Because they're kind of like, uh, I almost said a really crass thing about, with the word up in it. They're already like, uh, kind of in each other's business for, for a while now. And I think, uh, I, I think Ron and Cosby CT podcast, that's going to be a thing. Um, but yeah, he's not going to drop us for it. Not, not for a while. Uh, well, that's and that's why the podcast comparison is hard because, like, you and I have both co-hosted other podcasts while doing this one, and I can't speak for how you feel about your other podcast, yeah. but from a like platform standpoint, both of our other ones have been more secondary. Totally, yeah, totally, um, totally for sure. So you know, there is an element. It's, I guess, that's a little bit like if Steph Curry decided to try to make the PGA Tour in the NBA off season. <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly. like it's kind of a separate thing altogether. It's a little bit lesser, but like it's cool if it works out. Dude, here's why I'm never leaving though. This is the perfect team for me. Um, I get to be exactly who I want. Um, prep is minimal. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the perfect NBA or like NFL comp for me and the happy rant and why I'm not going to leave in free agency. Um, What's it? This is like this is like when Roger Clemens signed with the Yankees. And they were like, you don't have to travel on any road series. You're not pitching in. Totally. Uh, you get to go home. Like, so you get to go home to Texas. Yeah. While we're traveling to, you know, Boston or wherever. Yeah. And, uh, and then come back to the game. You, you know, we'll provide a jet for you to come in. Oh, yeah. It's um, incredible. So you just kind of do your work on your own. If you show up 35 pounds overweight, like whatever your Roger Clemens. Which I basically have this year. That's, this is a good analog. So I, yeah, I'm getting I think crankier you're, you're as I get of, older, like Roger Clemens. This is it's too perfect. Yeah, when are you going to throw a bat at somebody? Um, maybe maybe a fellow professor at some point if they cross you. Hypothetically maybe a philosophy speaking. prof. Yeah, could could yeah, be. Could be. Uh, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even know how to duck. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think I think the late career Roger Clemens thing works well. Yeah, yeah I think it does too. Dude, here's a Ron thing that's killing me from this week. Like, <laughs> I bet you know what I'm going to say. His, uh, his his quote from the disappointment app that we did together, something about being like, it's real Yoda-y. Like, the, the gospel being the answer to the curated life is like, yeah. re- it's popping all over the place. And, well, do you, and I'm so like, this I, guy has the most curated effing life of anybody I know. This is ridiculous. Yeah, the uh, cross is the cure to the curated life, uh, I believe, was the quote. Which, by the way, as quotes that's go... That's good verbal Yoda work. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, really, really well put together. Really well curated. But it means nothing in his case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's but so Beth, But Beth Moore liked it. Oh, yeah, so dude. It now, it now means something to a lot of dude, people. Dude, how big were his dreams after Beth Moore liked that? 
Like, where, where, where did the thought process go in the Martin household that night? I'm wondering if he direct messaged her and was like, "Hey, I know you never have men at Living Proof Live, right. but like, but I'm barely is that a, a possibility. Man. I don't do any man stuff." <laughs> It's like I like I like tea more than coffee. Right. I don't really eat, you know, I eat a lot of like kale and stuff. Anyway. I love tea. I always talk about how much I love Great Britain. Let's do this. <laughs> uh yeah, that's I'd be interested. That that would be a boy. Yeah, he he was dreaming big dreams on his way to like rural Wisconsin for a denominational thing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh good times. That was good. I feel like Ron's Yoda work has been really strong lately. He had a good like week and a half run there of just bangers. Do you think his Yoda work gets stronger when he's at home instead of traveling? Because Ooh. like he just is spinning in circles and like I don't know what to do with myself. So he's just like all he's doing is like reading and reading and, and spinning up phrases. Yeah, I think when he's traveling, like the travel is too distracting. He's having too much fun, like too many people eating fifty dollars steaks and going for walks on the yeah. beach, planning vision casting. You know all the all the great stuff that happens at retreats. Um, yeah, home is home is where the bulk of the Yoda work happens. I think. Um, but yeah, he's been. It's also where he tweets the most about how hard it is to be a pastor. That's true. Yeah, because he's actually doing pastoring at the in those in those <laughs> moments. That's where his job is. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, who who's Ron's NBA comp like for Yoda work? Yoda work, persona work. Um, we we should do comps for the whole the whole podcast, and then we'll close it. Okay, so it's yeah, man, this is a tough one. Let's see. Yeah, um, I think it might be like Kevin Durant. Oh, interesting. Talk that out. So, talk. So Kevin Durant is is always low grade dissatisfied with where he is uh-huh. but always puts in good effort uh-huh. you know it's not it's so he's not he's not like a malcontent who just tapping out on his team yeah 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 um seems to always have an eye <clears throat> on an opportunity that's out there yep um kind of so fairly opportunistic yeah very good at his job yeah um really wants to be seen as like good teammate normal guy yep. whatever but then has like these these um <laughs> anonymous Twitter accounts where he can troll people. Like, uh-huh. so there's this sort of other side that you're like, but that's not normal. Yeah. That's not, that's not how we do this. Yeah. And, uh, I, so the only difference is that Ron is generally happier than Durant gives off the vibe of being. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so Durant, Durant's kind of cr- just crusty. I, he's, he's a grump. He's too crusty for Ron, I think. But I, in, in all other ways, I love that comp. So I had a, I had another one for Ron. That's kind of in the same wheelhouse. Joel Embiid, really active. Ooh, I, yeah, I yeah, really active on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more active on social media than he is in real life. Uh, you know, raises raises periodic questions because of his social media activity about his satisfaction where he is. Yep, exactly. Um, sometimes disappears in big moments, which you know, Ron disappears from the program one to two times a month. So, you know, that one, that one kind of works. Um, yeah, that just to, that one's different. Cause like Embiid is on the court doing nothing. Right. He's on the court whereas, in big moments disappearing, but Ron is like, yeah. Whereas Ron is like, not even in the arena. Guys, yeah. I'm going to Jupiter, Florida and can't. Jump. Yeah. I'm going to Jupiter. Um, I'm going on the IR. I'm going to fake a hamstring injury. You al- know? Although to be fair, Embiid misses a third of every season with, with injuries. Um, so that, yeah, there's there's some fairness to that comparison. Yeah, I kind of think Joel Embiid is the guy because there are a lot of guys who are like uh, 
ta- talking junk on social media, but it's it's got a much more negative kind of vibe. Um, and yeah, in in general, Ron's social media, he like he's not having fights on social media. He's not arguing theology. He's just doing vague, ambiguous Yoda work. So uh, I think Embiid is the player comp for Ron. What about for you? Who's the comp? Oh man, um, it's hard. It's hard to be self aware enough to make a comparison that's that's kind of accurate in the positive and the uh, yeah. in the negative ways. I would say a lot of production, um, really consistent. Um, a little bit crotchety, uh, definitely not afraid to like, of the three of us, not afraid to like wade into conflict a little bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Who would that be? Hmm. But the production is really yeah. consistent. Like, is it like Damian Lillard? Yeah. I like that. I actually really like that. Um, yeah, a little bit abrasive, but but basically really likable at the end of the day, you know? Right, and the only person that I'm aware of him having, like, having real beef with is Shaq. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, has a good side hustle yeah, as a musician. Totally. Uh, I, I think that's a possibility. I like Damian Lillard for you. So we got... Also, also very devoted to a team with a really loyal fan base who will never be the best team as long as he is the the highest paid player. There. Well, dude, right. So and it's not, not not that I'm the highest paid player here, but just yeah. like there's the happy right and the Portland trailblazers have some similarities. Dude, they really do. We are the trailblazers of the podcasting industry. Like the people who like us really, really like us, but it's yeah. just never going to be the numbers never going to be as big as like the Lakers, you know? Um, yeah, boy, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good one. Pipe. And if yeah, if we're the Trailblazers, you are our our Dame Lillard. I dig it. That's good. Um, what about me? Player comp for me? Well, I mean, we had the Roger Clemens thing, but I think that's sort of that w- that was kind of context specific. Yeah. So, um, let's see. For you, it's like you need. So you're a player who, when the environment is right, like you get I to come in off. and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can you just really yeah off. maximum production. Yeah. Um, handle you handle all of the uh you handle all of like the discontent behind the scenes uh-huh. <laughs> with with the occasional like what are we even doing here game yeah, yeah like i just i couldn't care less right like i can i can shrug my shoulders and disappear yeah for long stretches um which which makes me think you're something like a hmm I'm trying to I'm trying to think here i can also be really petty so somebody with like a high pettiness upside, I think, would work well here. Yeah, I'm so I'm thinking I'm thinking in the category of like star wide receivers. Okay, so not not the divas. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not like the Terrell Owens who is crazy, right? But like, like the Randy Mosses of the world. Yeah, I think that who that actually kind of fits. like when the envi- So when the environment is right, yeah. really goes off. Right, 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 right. Teammates never said anything bad about it. Yeah. Could get very petty, like when he shot a ref in the back with a water bottle. <laughs> totally, I could see uh, that. Or got fined for like fake mooning yep. the Packers crowd. Yep. Um, but when he's not engaged, he's not even running the routes. Yeah, like know? he just stops at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's like, "No, I'm my 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 feet are tired." Totally. Um, when and and if you and if he goes to the wrong team, like you forget that he's that he's really good. Yeah. His the Raiders era, if you will. 
And then you find out later, this is this is one of the cool things about Ted as well, is like you have to kind of listen closely, but you go, oh, he's brilliant. Mm. So Randy Moss as an analyst yeah. is one of the best on TV right now, which you would not necessarily have expected when he was doing – you know, somewhat diva-ish things throughout his career. And you're like, oh, yeah. he's a savant at this. So you get you get an element of like the the understated intellect. So I I think Randy Moss works. Dude, I'm gonna give a crazy this is the last thing I promise, and then we'll be done. Because I'm having fun with this. Uh I think Randy Moss works too. That's that's great analysis. So I'm gonna throw out a crazy podcast like free agency scenario for each of us. And I want <laughs> I want you to talk about how we would each do on this podcast. The right. the liturgists, Michael Gungor, like angsty hipster, like barely even a Christian, probably not a Christian anymore. If if we if I, we each had to do a season on the liturgists, how would it go? <laughs> well, it would be it would be Randy Moss on the Raiders for you. Yep. Yep. It would be Dame Lillard traded for like. A first and a second round pick, and uh, Colin Sexton to the Cleveland Cavaliers oh, for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just like going off periodically, but also just like I, I might punch my own teammate. Yeah, you might pick up the paper um, one morning and find that that Lillard yeah. has gone gone for like forty eight points, but he also got thrown out in the fourth quarter. And I think if we're going to take this comparison, like it's Joel Embiid getting traded to like the Suns. <laughs> That's right. And where where like he's still just going to do what he does. And be like, who who am I doing this with? Why? What's who going on? Who am I doing here? this like, with? Still, what am I doing this? Still going to be like 20, 23 and thirteen and miss a third of the season, right? And like, I think I think Ron would would still be productive. I think he would be productive. He would like, be productive on of, the liturgists, and he would he'd be grumpy productive. He would actually elevate the liturgists. I mean, because he would yeah, be a Christian, great. that would help. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he would he would elevate it, but but you're right, he would still be doing Embiid things. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh. Well, wow, pipe. We have we have really wandered to and fro throughout these uh, these sports topics. What name are we going to use to sign this thing off? What What great names have come up today? Oh, let's see. Um, I think you should go with a Mariners star of your choosing, and it could be an obscure star. It could be a current player. It could be a a player you've loved from the past. I'm going to go with uh, my but- favorite Mariner who. Had an amazing first half of the season, but may not actually even make the roster this uh, this season. Um, here we go. We've wandered to and fro throughout these sports topics. And until next time, Daniel Vogelbach. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. 
go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian Prayer Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.